0: Hello and welcome to Android's Garage. Today's episode is all about ethanol. If you've been following the world situation in Russia, or even just driven past a gas pump, you'll know that there's something up with gasoline. Today we're going over how the US is responding with ethanol and what that means for your vehicle. We'll also be going over the future of ethanol as a potential additive and as a complete replacement for gasoline. So when you pull up to a gas station and you select 87 or 93 or whatever it might be, you'll typically see this product may contain up to 10% ethanol. The fuel that you're purchasing, regardless of octane rating, is with 10% ethanol considered E10. If your vehicle is manufactured after 2001, it's likely designed to be used with an ethanol blend. Why are we using ethanol in fuels today? Why can't we just use gasoline? It seems so much easier. Well, it goes back to some pretty political issues as well as uh, some financial ones. In the United States, in 2015, we were importing most of our our crude oil. Uh, There was a very small, it was less than 25 million barrels per year. So uh, when Trump was elected to presidency in 2016, he began weaning off. The dependence on foreign oil. If you look at it on a graph, our imports and exports almost converge. There's a 75 million barrel deficit of exported crude oil that we make uh, in the United States. What does that mean? It means that in the event of Russia-Ukraine situation where Russia goes a wall and cuts off the world supply of fuel, we can shift our exports to imports and only see a relatively minor spike in fuel costs and a relatively low fuel shortage, it would be manageable. Part of that is we've been offsetting our dependency on, on crude oil imports by producing our own ethanol. This ethanol over time has displaced over 500 million barrels of imported crude oil. Uh, and it's it's funny, this stuff is a, is, a, is a byproduct of feed manufacturing, or is feed manufacturing a byproduct of crude oil conspiracy theorists let us know. So the way that ethanol is currently made is primarily from c- cornstarch. So they take a dry milled cornstarch star- and they ferment it. It off gases CO2 which is captured from either just commercial usage or soda. Then fermented mixture is distilled which produces ethanol and a wet byproduct. This wet byproduct goes through centrifuge and produces distillers feed for livestock and corn distillers oil, which can either go back into the feed or can be used for biodiesel. So after distilling this, we have this ethanol. And this ethanol is a combustible liquid like gasoline. But for those of you with turboed cars out there uh, who have done builds with ethanol, you'll know that your fuel flow rates need to increase pretty dramatically. To be able to uh, get the same power output, meaning your stoichiometric combustion is just higher, so you just need more fuel port per unit of air to get the same power output, as well as as well as the energy density is lower per unit volume of of fuel. So those are two kind of nerdy ways of saying you need more ethanol to get the same energy as gasoline. Your pressure ratio also changes changes. When you see E10, E15, E85, we commonly see the 85 octane rating, 89 octane rating, whatever it is. And we go, that's the octane rating of the fuel. Some people just think that like if you put 93 in, you're buying the better gas. It's not necessarily true. Uh, it goes back to the manufacturers and what they put in for detergents and all that fun stuff. What's really special about ethanol is that it is a, a renewable resource. So when you get E10 gasoline, it has a minimum At an octane rating of 85, that means it'll withstand a certain pressure and temperature before combusting. Uh, And in higher compression engines, you need uh, these higher octane rating fuels to prevent detonation or knock inside your engine. When you use E85 on a high-turbo build, E85 has octane rating of, I believe it's above 100. So it's able to withstand uh, withstand a substantial amount of pressure. So you can have a high horsepower, high pressure engine build. That would be your fuel of choice. Or you could use race gas, which is a little bit more expensive if you've ever had to buy race gas. What does this mean for, for regular cars? Well, if the Department of Energy and President Biden are looking at approving the regular gasoline that we all put in our cars going from E10 to E15. And what that means is it would go from 10% ethanol concentration to 15% ethanol concentration. And is this an issue with with uh, our, our cars? Because the other thing that people that have built engines with ethanol know is that it eats your fuel lines. It eats your pumps. It's a substance that eats Rubber and plastic products in 2014. In 2014, only 17% of manufacturers approved for E15 in uh, the, in their in their cars. And surprise, surprise, it's mostly General Motors. Uh, General Motors has long invested in in ethanol usage. Which what does this mean for the regular car? Well, if you own any Mazda, Mercedes, or Volvo. E15 is not approved and will void your warranty. So your fuel system rots out. Uh, you you eat a fuel line. Your whatever happens, you eat seals uh, in your injectors. Whatever that might be, it's not covered by Mer- Mazda, Mercedes, or Volvo. And it, it, it funnily enough, most manufacturers do not approve for uh, E15. Like BMW, any car pre 2020, Nissan pre-2018, Volkswagen Group, meaning uh, Volkswagen, Audi, it's 2014, Porsche was 2015, Fiat Chrysler, so that's cheap, Fiat Chrysler, uh, that's pre-2014, oh, sorry, pre-2015 on Fiat Chrysler, Honda and Toyo- Toyota, pre-2013, Subaru, pre-2019, and Ford, pre-2012, all of those are not supposed to be used with E15. And in order to subsidize the rising costs of fuel due to the Ukraine and Russia crisis, the Department of Energy and President Biden are looking to increase uh, the concentration of ethanol to E15. If you own any car by any manufacturer listed than, uh, before those model, model years that I, I just said, it can potentially do damage to your, your fuel systems. And when I looked at the Renewable Fuels Association, the Renewable Fuels Association is a group of pretty much farmers in the Midwest that have gotten together and talk about the demand for ethanol and what basically how they're using it to offset uh, carbon emissions and just things about their industry. And I I was looking at it like, okay, these guys in suits are 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 lobbying to put more ethanol into these in, into the gasoline blends. But really, what it seems like after after reading their their forty page uh, annual paper is these are just kind of honest, hardworking farmers in the Midwest that are just trying to use a byproduct of the of the things they produce. One of the things that I was kind of see, uh, shocked to see with the Renewable Fuels Association is they didn't have a projection for future usage of ethanol. It's a year by year basis, and it comes from U.S. demand of fuel and government. Uh, initiative to blend that fuel with ethanol. So there, I couldn't actually find data for the future of cornmeal-based ethanol as a future fuel substitute as we transition to electrification or even just what is the future of gasoline-powered cars look like. But I'll leave you guys with this. ExxonMobil and Porsche have been developing an e-fuel together. Uh, I have a feeling ExxonMobil might be doing more of the work. But Porsche is running it in their cars in the Porsche Mobil 1 Super Cup. Uh, and it uses a methanol e-fuel. And what an e-fuel is, is it basically means that it's just like ethanol where it's carbon, it, there's a carbon offset, meaning the plants or the process that it uses takes in carbon and when you burn it it rejects carbon so it's a one-to-one. So it technically there's it doesn't produce any more carbon dioxide or greenhouse gases than it takes to make it. So it technically in theory when you have a one to one ratio uh, it, it should offset any carbon emissions from vehicles. So these these methanol productions the, the methanol production on this uses hydrogen combined with carbon that creates a liquid hydrocarbon and they're running it in their 992 gt3 it's seriously go on go on youtube check it out porsche mobile one super cup 2021 it was so cool if that's the if that's the future of motorsport and that's the future of cars i'm all for it okay so that's about it for the podcast today conspiracy theorists let me know if you think. Feed, animal feed is a byproduct of ethanol manufacturing or vice versa. I'm glad to hear your aluminum foil uh, conspiracies on this one. Uh, I think it's just ethanol is a byproduct of of cornmeal manufacturing. These guys are just trying to make a buck. Uh, Who can blame them? We also give you guys an update on what we've been doing uh, at AM2 this week. Uh, What we've been working on is securing a couple grants to Develop our our vehicle, uh, particularly a, a cooling system thing with the, a cooling system technology with uh, the National Science Foundation, and we're also working with the state of Maine on uh, setting up a factory. It's uh it's all over the map, but pretty much I've been a professional rider this week and ha- haven't been able to spend as much time in the design lab as I've wanted to. But uh, today's sources have been the Renewable Fuels Association, the Department of Energy, and ExxonMobil. I, I thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed.